and welcome to the Catholic Talk Show. We got Ryan Delacross, Ryan Shield, and Father Rich. How you guys doing? Awesome. Good. How's it going, guys? Good. Very yeah. excited about the topic today. Yeah, another beautiful day here in Hollywood at the Cast Media uh, offices. And um, yeah, I'm really excited too. It, today's uh, episode is exorcisms and the supernatural realities of the church. And this is like a really, it's, it's, it's not just a, a pot. It's, I think people are just really interested in this because, you know, the idea of good and evil, right? And, and the battle that's there and just the unique nature of these supernatural realities, especially exorcisms, you know, that, um, you know, I mean, this, this entered pop culture, uh, what, in the 1950s with the movie The Exorcist? 60s. 60s? Right. And then so, most recently, Netflix just re released that uh, documentary on Father Amorth, the principal exorcist from Rome. Oh, man. And it's on Netflix right now, The Devil and Father Amorth. Hmm. Have yeah. you seen that? I haven't seen it yet. And I'm, I am I have it downloaded on my iPad, and I'm going to be watching it. Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded, ready to go. It's locked and loaded. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think for all intents and purposes, the, the movie kind of began this curiosity, I think, among people. Um, so, you know, just looking at the movie, like, you know, we've all seen it. Um, what, you know, how, how close of that is, is it to like Spinning the heads, green pea <laughs> soup, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, obviously a lot of that stuff is, is Hollywooded up and like doctored, you know, Hollywood. Um, so, I mean, we could always try an exorcism on you, Ryan. I hey. mean, maybe our viewers and our listeners want to see Ryan All you're going to find is purity, okay? <laughs> That's it. Oh, I'm white like a lily, bro. Well, you know, we we spend time, a lot of time together when we're out shooting these episodes, and we have to stay in the same spot. And last night, I got to say, I heard some, like, hissing or something coming from Ryan Shields' direction. I was just like... What the heck is that? <laughs> I was about to get some exercise salt and some exercise holy water going in your direction, buddy, last for night. For real, for real, man. Oh, so, I mean, like, I think the, mo the movie's a good starting point, right? I mean, you know, you have this this reality in the church. I mean, we have, in Netflix, we've got this this movie about Gabriel Amorth, right? Is that his name? It is, Where's yeah. Where's he from? Is he, like... He was in Rome for years as okay. the principal exorcist. There's a couple of books that were that were written... Uh, you know, from his perspective of exorcisms in the church. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating to consider the length and breadth of his work seeing manifest evil in possessions. Man. Possessions themselves, you know, which are which are rare. Very rare. And, but, you know, Gabriel Amorth is saying, you know, Father Amorth is saying, like, look, this is, this is an issue yeah. that's growing. Yeah. And that there's a need for exorcists in the church to go out and to confront this evil because yeah. we have been entrusted with the light and we've been entrusted with the power of Jesus Christ and his authority over mm. sin and death, his authority over evil, that every knee shall bend before the name of Jesus. And there is no greater power than that. Yeah. You know, so exorcism is a very real thing. I think sometimes with, with certain movies, you know, they're a little overdone in certain respects, but there's certainly a lot of things to consider when it comes to what demons can do in, yeah. in cases of possession. Yeah. So, so let's, let's take a look at, yeah, you know, <clears throat> the movie, the exorcist, I think that's probably the prime example of exorcism in pop culture. And, 
and probably, you know, in reality, the prime example of exorcism in just the, in a person's mind. And I think the majority of what people know and think of exorcism comes from that or similar movies like Exorcism of Emily Rose or yeah, that The was Right good. or whatever. Exorcism of Emily Rose was great. And that was based loosely on, uh, you know, well, for a greater part, on fact. Right. Yeah. Now, what I don't think a lot of people know is that the movie The Exorcist really, really was based on a real case of exorcism in 1949 in St. Louis, Missouri, wow. where um, some Jesuit priests from the University of St. Louis actually performed an exorcism. Huh. Um, and it was documented and, and somebody caught wind of it. That's right. So it was actually a 14-year-old boy in yeah. the real case. Uh, it was a girl in the movie. It was a girl in the movie. Yeah. But uh, in, in the case, they went by the pseudonym uh, Roland Doe. Right. And uh, he would he became inexplicably ill, uh, violent. He would scream in tongues and languages he was never taught. And uh, doctors just weren't able to figure it out. And eventually, um, you know, they went to the Jesuits. Yeah. And the Jesuits, you know, went in. And, and the book is loosely based on those events. And... Um, yeah, it just kind of that's how it entered into to sort of the pop culture. That's right. That movie. And and there was actually uh there's the church actually consulted on that movie with producers, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right, they it, did. And you can actually the the notes that those Jesuit priests took during that exorcism, their handwritten notes, those are available online. And wow. what I'll do is I'll go ahead and I'll make sure that I link those in the comments and on yeah. uh, in this in you know for this uh, episode. But you you can read that and you know, things that happen in the movie are not exact, but some yeah, things like that the head spinning around. Like but some of the things are very, very close, and some of the things in the actual report are, you know, just as disturbing, if not more so, than what you saw in the movie. Mm. Mm. Wow. So, I mean, this is like something that you know, it's even though it's in pop culture, it still has a tradition and a history in the church that goes back a long way, right? Oh, I mean, all the way, all like, the way back to, you know, Jesus's time. I mean, we yeah. see Jesus himself in the scriptures exercise and liberate people who are possessed by Beelzebul, who are possessed by the devil. Yeah. And again, it shows Jesus's authority mm -hmm. to drive out an unclean spirit. But remember what Jesus did when he breathed on the apostles, he gave the apostles authority over every unclean spirit. And he sent them out into the world to minister to people. You yeah. know, we got to remember that the Vatican receives over 500,000, 500,000 a year of, of issues related to possession. Yeah. And that's not even considering oppression or, or uh, you know, kind of being spiritual attack. Spiritual attack. That's right. not even considering that. Yeah. You know, all the way down to like the lesser forms of just temptation, right? You know, and compulsion. So the activity of evil is very, very, uh, very much in our midst. But a, a word of caution we cannot become fascinated and fixed on these powers because it's just a welcome mat. Yeah. You don't want to welcome evil by way of your fascination. And by staying rooted in Christ and staying protected in his precious blood, there is nothing that could avail you and take you away from that communion, that peace that Christ offers, and that protection. And we do need to be protected. So discussing these types of things, we just call on the name of Jesus. We call on his protective blood, that it may be upon us as we discuss this, and that our hearts may be centered on him. 
so that we may truly learn of his greater authority and greater power and not become overly fascinated by these things. Yeah, I mean, even in Acts too, you have some 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 signs there where where Peter and some of the apostles were in the same situations, you know, invoking the name of Christ. Yeah, I mean, exorcism is actually mentioned quite a bit in the New Testament where either Jesus is giving authority to the apostles of the 72 uh, to go out and, you know, perform exorcisms, uh, in in um in Matthew they you know the seventy two even come back and they're like Lord even the demons are under your authority to you know under you know to drive them out, um you know or the demoniac you know who was in the in the graveyard or or the uh, possession of the pigs and all that right I mean it's it's a really common thing and I think more common and fundamental to um, Jesus's ministry than people yeah. would assume. And they didn't call it exorcism. They weren't like Jesus just exercised, you know, a demon, right? They, they just, man, just go at it, send it out. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's the ministry mm-hmm. of the church. It's not something that's, you know, over here on the side, that's kind of sitting on the shelf when needed. It is literally a part of ministry, right? It it's is. a part of, it's a part of what the church does. And when you when you think about what a priest does regularly, you know what do you what do you think of the activity of priests uh, on a regular basis, right? You think of the celebration of sacraments, yeah, mass, mass, baptisms, yeah, absolutely. And in the baptism, the baptismal rite itself, there is an exorcism prayer, Hmm. and it's prayed over every single child. Let me read that for you. So this this exorcism takes place before the child is anointed over their hearts. Or the adult. Or the adult. Yeah. Conversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the prayer goes like this. Almighty and ever-living God, you sent your only son into the world to cast out the power of Satan, spirit of evil, to rescue man from the kingdom of darkness and bring him into the splendor of your kingdom of light. We pray for this child, set him or her free from original sin, Make him or her a temple of your glory and send your Holy Spirit to dwell within him or her. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So what makes that a prayer of exorcism, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, the intent. The, the, intent the intent of the priest is to cast out, out. Okay. to cast out the power of Satan. Gotcha. The spirit of evil. So this, this casting out is the same thing when Jesus says, go and cast out all unclean spirits in my name. I've sent you forth in my power and authority to do this activity in this ministry mm. in the world because the world is in need. And it is the battleground between light and darkness. It is a battleground between good and evil. And we all know that. We all see that. We all wrestle with that in our own bodies, in our own temples at times, when we're inclined towards sin and temptation, and we feel oppressed at times, you know? And seeking an exorcism in cases of, like, severe possession is important. But most of the time— It's not happening. It's not happening. A lot of that can be handled by picking up some holy water. Yeah. You know, I I can't tell you how many times I'll receive a phone call or an email. Father, can you please bless my home? Can you please come sprinkle, you know, exercise salt around my house? Because I feel like there's Mm. the devil in my house or an evil spirit in my house. And that would be more an example of oppression. 
that would be more of an example right. of oppression than than anything that is possession. like possession or right. or that the, a demon is possessing a house of some sort, right? Um, and they manifesting can't, themselves. They can't possess a house. Well, and, right? and they have to enter into not, not necessarily. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not necessarily. Okay. So they can. I mean, if there is an act done that is manifest evil in a space, yeah, there there is a, a certain amount of darkness that is marked on that. That place needs to be consecrated and mm. baptized to the Lord. I mean, you gotcha. need to sprinkle some holy water. So what I do most of the time with people is I say, listen, here's some holy water. Go home. You have the priesthood in virtue of your baptism. You are anointed priest, prophet, and king. And you have a power in the name of Jesus Christ to go home, to sprinkle holy water, and claim your house for Christ. Go do that. And if it continues and this activity continues, call me. I'll come and I'll bless your house. If I need to, I'll celebrate a mass in your house. Whatever we need to do. Yeah. But that's a good start. It's a good start. Triage. And most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, everything is resolved. Wow. Because again, we're going right back to the powers of our identity in our baptism, we are calling to mind our faith in these baptismal waters. And this prayer of exorcism that's associated with the very beginning steps of our faith journey. Yeah, you know, the the extraordinary form uh, has, has the similar prayer, but I think it's maybe even a little bit more um, strident in, in its direct nature. Uh, so if, if, you know, this is a Latin, translation of the Latin, but if you were to, you know, in the old rite of the church, or if you were to go to a Latin mass uh, parish and have your baptism performed there, uh, the translation is, I exercise the unclean spirit in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, that thou goest out and depart from the servant of God, for he commands thee, accursed one, who walked upon the street, uh, upon the sea, and stretched out his right hand to Peter, about to sink. Therefore, accursed devil, acknowledge thy sentence and give honor to the living and true God. Give honor to Jesus Christ, his son, and to the Holy Spirit, and depart from this service, because God and our Lord Jesus Christ has vouchsafed to call them to his holy grace and benediction and to the font of baptism. Mm. Wow. The Latin rite. Oh. Yeah. You didn't get that in that translation, no, did I, you? Well, no. <laughs> and, and, you know, some of these what are you some, reading of these older, some of these older rites. So that's the newer ritual of baptism. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's a, that's approved by the church. It doesn't render it less effective, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. effect is still based in the intention of the sacrament being celebrated. But, but that's ex operato operare. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it works because it works. It works because it works. And, and it all relates back to the intentionality of the presider that is celebrating the sacrament. And Ecclesia Supla, the fact that the church provides by way of these sacramental signs and these these rituals for grace to enter into the heart and mind of any man or woman that's so requesting. I, I think that's important for people listening to know that exorcism is specifically a rite. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a, there's a lot of times that the term rite is thrown around in the church. You want to give it a little clarity on why it's considered a rite? So uh, the ritual is based in a practice of really a great period of time of the church. So rituals are done in memory of what has been the practice of the faith in requesting and beseeching God and lifting up your voice and petitioning God for a particular need. So rituals are done in the church like exorcism, like the celebration of mass, the ritual of exposition of the blessed sacrament. Every ritual done in the church is a communal act. 
and we are drawn into communion, our fellowship in Christ. And it is what is the basis of the praxis of the church. The praxis of the church is ritual in nature, and it interlinks us throughout time into eternity. It's, it's, where, it's where the eternal presence of God comes into our midst, and we practice according to how it has been done and how it has been practiced through every generation. And that may change in the vernacular, that may change in the translation, that may change in different variations according to custom and culture, but it is the same principle act, you know, and, and that's, that's the important factor. Mm-hmm. I also want to mention too, uh, Father Amorth mentioned this um, in a book called An Exorcist Tells His Story. And a very insightful book. And he said that confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, is the greatest form of exorcism. Yeah. It's important to realize that. You're struggling with temptation. You're struggling with oppression. You may be considering, man, I'm just being smacked around left and right every day. It's just I'm, I'm surrounded by darkness. Get to the confessional. Go to confession. There's no greater power of inviting light and the power of the name of Jesus Christ so that the priest may do what the priest was ordained to do, cast out unclean spirits and deliver you and liberate you by the power and authority of the priesthood of Jesus Christ to enter into that greater freedom and peace. Beautiful. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> the bishops actually released a document um, and really about exorcisms. And one of the things is they 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 told about the similarities and the differences between you know, an exorcism and the sacrament of penance. And it says, exorcism is a prayer that falls in the category of sacramentals. That is one of a number of sacred signs instituted by the church to sanctify different circumstances of life. Thus varying from the seven sacraments of the church, which were instituted by Christ himself. The sacrament of penance forgives our sins and reconciles us to the church, renewing baptism and bestowing grace to fight evil and grow in virtue. As a sacramental, exorcism prepares one for the grace of the sacrament. Hmm. So I got a question. It's going back to the house. Take um, it back to the house. He's just been thinking about this house the whole time. Take it to the house, <laughs> Take man. it to the house. Take, Take it to the, the house. house. Take it to the house. house. You got this, like, these, these, this, this kind of bad juju in a house. And I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen, like... I mean, I know, I know. There's like some sort of supernatural reality of like the presence of, and we'll, for lack of a better word, ghosts, right? So you, you've got, you've got this house, this bad juju. Some people are like, yeah, I feel the presence of this kid, or you know, you see all these doctored up videos where they, you know, show, <laughs> show these like movements, and then, and, and I, I think recently there was. Um, uh, Marky Mark's brother's wife was in the Yo, bedroom. that was the most Italian-sounding th- thing ever. It's like, so recently, Marky, oh, Marky Mark's brother's brother, wife. Marky listen, Mark's brother's wife's. Listen, I'm not from Boston. Bastion. All right? But got a lot of love for Marky Mark. Yeah, but it wasn't even Marky Mark. It was his brother. Will you <laughs> no, shut up? No, it was no, Marky Mark's brother's wife. His brother's <laughs> wife. I mean, come on. So his second cousin's brother's Marky wife. Marky Mark's brother, wife, friends, aunts, uncles. All right? All right, I think I'm there. So yeah, she had. Ask the question already, she, Brian. <laughs> Come God. on, you're killing me, man. <laughs> you guys gang so up on me Marky sometimes. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you got thick she skin. You got thick kid. Italian oh, skin, like roast beef. Banging my head on this thing. All right, Brian, talk to us here. Um, yeah, Marky Mark. Yeah, Marky Mark. <laughs> uh, uh, wife. Uh, yeah, she had some camera going on in the house, and then the, the, the piano started playing. 
Were they playing the Funky Bunch? Come on, come on, come on! Feel it, feel it, feel the vibration. Now I think this is Marky Mark's conscience for you know writing that terrible music. I don't think that's really a ghost. Oh, dude, I love that music, man. It's the ghost of bad music. Yeah, it is. Sorry, Marky. We know you're Catholic, and 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 we always call somebody. You know, to the show. And Marky, this one's Dude, on you. Because we don't know your brother's Mark. name. We're just referring to, we should know his Yo, name. He Mark. was in the band. Wasn't he in the band? Mark. The, the Marky. Was Come he, hang was out Was he in the Mark. Funky Bunch? No, he's in the. Uh, hamburgers? No, New he's Kids on the Block. <laughs> new Kids on the Block. That's right. right. Dude, New Kids on the I, I had the folder and everything. Would you guys come to Jesus here for a second? No, I'm just thinking I'm, about I'm the asking folders a question. in second grade, man. I don't know if these people really want to listen to us. Reminisce. Talk about Marky Marky Mark and Donnie Wahlberg. It's, <laughs> dude, Donnie's my man, dude. Dude, I love Blue Bloods, man. Blue Bloods is my jam. Yeah. That's right. All right. So ghosts. How does that differentiate from the so evil what's, juju? What's fascinating right? about Father Amorth. There's like there's like there's like levels of this stuff. Have you guys right? read uh, Exorcist tells a story, the no. Father Amorth book? No. I've kind of thumbed through it a little bit. This was years ago. And that's kind of that's kind of field research for you. We didn't oh, we yeah. don't really roll in no, those that's realms. True. Well, he yeah. went to seminary for heaven's sake. He failed. Delacross. But you guys you failed me. It. You failed me. I failed the seminary. <laughs> that's why they kicked me out. I have a wife and kids now. I'm a failure. She thinks I'm smart. Jesus said, no thanks, it's you. Not How me. did you convince your wife that she that you're so smart? <sighs> She's, didn't you, when she's you, naive. When you, when you proposed, didn't you say so? I love how you proposed to her. You were like, you want to be in an adventure of a lifetime with Ryan Delacrosse? Is that what it was? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just sounds like something you would say, right? It would be something no. that you would so, say. So, you know, I, I think, I know, let, you know, to keep us on topic, I do yeah. think we were talking about what's the difference between maybe spirits of malevolence or, you know, ghosts or what apparitions. What is a ghost, dude? Yeah. What is a and ghost? These, like, these, these are people, right? They see people. Yeah. They see, see dead people. I, I think it's important to note that any, you know, the apostles themselves absolutely believed in ghosts. When they saw Jesus walking on the water, they said, it is a, a ghost. ghost. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's biblical precedence that they all mm -hmm. absolutely believed in ghosts. Mm -hmm. What what realm? So, Father Amorth said that any apparition that we have, typically, like if it's like a child or maybe a family member, or mm. all these different things that evoke like this kind of sense of alarm too, a lot of the times, he said, greater majority of the time, it is an evil spirit appearing in a greater different majority. Greater majority of the time, you know. And, and this is just from recollection from years ago. This is reading him. this book. This is him. Talking. This is Amorth. This and guy like, is dude, this guy's enveloped in this stuff. The chief exorcist of Rome. Yeah, guy has had his whole life. His whole life. His whole ministry crazy. has been crazy. You know, and he yeah. calls out to just ordinary guys like me, like any other priest in the in the streets and and dioceses around the world and and uh, yeah. parishes. This is the type of work we need to be doing, right? Yeah. But in every diocese, when it comes to a serious case, there is an appointed priest, yep. right, by One the bishop. And this diocese. is an important this is an important factor to factor in here. So, the priest is sent and commissioned by the bishop himself in his authority. The bishop in his authority sends out this priest to be formed. So he has to go through an additional formation process in relationship to entering into this work. 
And it's held in secrecy who this priest is. It's not a public reality. Why? Because think about it. If if people be knocking think, on his door, people be it. knocking. I, th- I want you to think, think about, about it. it. Think think about it. I'm thinking. You thinking? I'm thinking. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. If this guy is held up as the exorcist for this particular area, yeah, you could see the good in it. Like everybody's knocking on his door. We have somebody to go to. Mm-hmm. But you could also look at it from the perspective of darkness too. Makes him a target. Makes him a target. Absolutely. And and then also, what does that leave to the subjective consciousness of this priest that is selected for this work? Right. Pride can come into that in a very powerful way. We're all sinners. We are. And we all need liberation from sin and the powers and the effects of sin. Hmm. And this is the ministry of Jesus Christ. And we participate in varying degrees and gravities. But again, all of us have that priesthood in virtue of our baptism. We need to recognize that authority and use that very well. So one, you know, I think something that's pretty interesting is that um, how, uh, you know, some of the church fathers talked about ghosts were St. Thomas Aquinas and St. St. Augustine really kind of differed in the way they they viewed ghosts. Uh, St. Augustine, in his letter to Evodius, he wrote that he rejected the the idea that dead the dead can return to the living because when separated from the body, the soul has no material matter or body that would allow it to, in, to exist on this plane of reality. Mm-hmm. And that what you're actually seeing when you're seeing a ghost is not a ghost, but it is a, a, a spiritual vision, whether or not it's a, you know, a dark or a pure spiritual vision is a spiritual vision. Um, so he said, I by no means believe that the soul in departing the body from the body is accompanied by another body of any kind. But it's basically said he doesn't have... Once you're dead, you're dead. No. He basically... Body-wise. Body looking at kind of the Aristotelian view of the time, there was Aristotelian. no... Aristotelian. 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 I there just corrected this, the church nerd. Oh, that we should have a button so just... Is that how you say it? I've never read it. I've only heard it read. Aristotelian, yeah. So, yep. Aristotelian. So anyway, it, it um, basically there was not ether... There was nothing for the the spirit to move around in, and in the in the physical realm, it wasn't there. So it was actually a vision. Now Aquinas was actually countered that. He said, "It is absurd to say that the souls of the departed do not leave their abode." So they actually were kind of at at loggerheads. Yeah, totally. And and there's something in, the, in this that we don't know absolutely because right. remember yeah. a lot of our a but lot dude, of- Marky Marks. Dude, Marky's wife, oh. like that was legit, dude. Oh, yeah. Dan, Dan, I mean, I Dan, saw that. Dan. But Marky Mark is legit. I know. So I, I got a story. I, Can oh, I tell a story? No. Bishop Lassard. Oh, it's is, a Lassard story? Of Bishop course. Lassard. All right. So this is Shut like. Shut my mouth for Lassard. This is like my homeboy, man. He was at the seminary and he was retired. Oh, yeah, good vibration. <laughs> I just, my computer just did it. <laughs> you got a smart computer. Your computer yeah, is possessed. Salt, salt, Marky Mark. I exercise the. It's actually, it's actually uh, possessed by the <laughs> by the ghost of Donnie Wahlberg's career. <laughs> Do not sorry, that's Donnie. That's his name. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie. Dude, we already said that. Yeah, bro. Oh, sorry, I was missed out. Blue bloods, dude. Yeah. Blue bloods. To my Irish family that are all cops and detectives. Love, man. Let's hear it. Do you want to hear my Bishop Lassard story? Bu- yeah, this is it. good stuff. Oh yeah, I love Bishop. So Lassard. Bishop Lassard was the bishop of like Savannah, Savannah, Savannah right? Yeah. It's a great diocese. It is. It is a really good diocese. I lived there when I was. I lived there. Bless him. Good man. Great man. And um, 
I just, you know, he just hung out with us at the seminary because mm-hmm. he was retired and, you know, taught. older age, taught Latin. Ecclesiology. You know? And <clears throat> so we got on the topic of exorcism. I'm like, hey, you know, what's your experience? Like you've lived this this life. And, you know, he told me the story about, you know, how they take the cases, right? Like, you know, you get a call, you pay a visit. And, and sometimes it's not the exorcist that goes there. Sometimes it's the parish priest or you know, somebody that um, is a doctor or whatever, right? Psychologist. Yeah, they have- Because you have to rule out. Right, you have to rule out a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Because you don't want to just go in there, you know, guns blazing, right? And and um, so this this case, you know, I won't share this with you, but it built up to where he's sitting at his desk and he's like, this is the first time I've ever had to do this. And he appointed the exorcist of that diocese. He gave him a call. Wow. And he says, I need you to go here. I'm sending you this, 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 right? Mm. He hangs up the phone. 30 minutes later, the mother of this child, this is a child, calls the parish priest. She, she's just come back to life. You know? <laughs> like, wow. She's just, it, whatever was plaguing her is not plaguing her anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was merely him assigning somebody and commissioning and you talk about the power right power the power and authority that, man yeah. the fullness of the priesthood that is in the bishop's ministry yeah. and it is it is his right yeah. you know and he he exercises as a shepherd this power man and we hope no, right? yeah. i mean we hope that he embraces it and and administers it oh, you know and that, and that's and that's why we need to call our bishops to greater activity and yeah. really celebrating these rituals and being present so that they do have a healing ministry, yeah. that they do have an exorcism ministry because we need them. Yeah. Now, well, according to- Pretty fa- crazy story though, huh? No, that is a crazy story. That was my story. Now, according and to- I'm sticking to it. According to Father Amworth, uh, both Pope St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict, Benedict XVI performed exorcisms in the Vatican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, the first one, Father Amorth, Amorth says that on, on March 27th, 1982, uh, the Bishop of Spoleto brought a young woman named Francesca to the Pope. Spoleto's in Italy. That's right. Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I've it, been there. Italy. So immediately when he, North because the bishop knew that this girl was under attack or possessed. And immediately on meeting or getting in the presence of John Paul, she fell on the ground and started writhing around and and freaking out basically uncontrollably, and sobbing and and she couldn't be calmed down and it was just you know definitely some 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 strange stuff going on, and soon as uh, John Paul said I will pray mass for you tomorrow, she stopped immediately, mm. and that um, years later that that young woman went to meet with Pope uh, Benedict, I'm sorry, with Pope Francis, <sighs> so many popes. <laughs> with Pope John Paul, and said that um, that 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 moment completely the, that it was gone yeah. out of her in that moment. Yeah. Um, and Father Amorth said that Pope John Paul was the second was one of the most powerful exorcists he'd ever seen, but he actually considered Pope Benedict to be even more powerful as an exorcist. So he said that it's just a different world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it is like it's just like because hey, it's the spiritual world. It's yeah. the invisible. You know, but it's it's these these people that have been called to this very unique mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and and it's almost drawing it from, you know, up here it's like the gift of the Holy Spirit to, to like reality. It's charism know? in the church, yeah, purely manifest. 
Because one may have the gift of preaching, one may have the gift of teaching, one may have the gift of healing. Some people have many, many gifts yeah. to, to exercise. And, and they're all rooted in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because we, we're mortal beings, dude, and we're prone to sin. We're concupiscent. Mortal beings. Mortal, mortal <laughs> beings. Mortal beings. Ding, ding, ding. So <laughs> this, this is very interesting. 33 years to the day prior to the great miracle of the sun in Fatima, October 13th, 1884. Mm-hmm. We've had St. Leo as a The vision of St. Leo. The vision of St. Leo. This is an important thing. St. Leo, Pope Leo the Great, you know, St. Leo the Great. A remarkable vision. Uh, Pope Leo the 13th was not a saint. Uh, and Pope Leo the Great was completely different. Heresy button. <laughs> had a remarkable vision, though. He did. <laughs> We're not contesting that. We're not that. contesting that. <laughs> When the aged pontiff had finished celebrating mass in his private Vatican chapel, attended by a few cardinals and members of the Vatican staff, he suddenly stopped at the foot of the altar. He stood there for about 10 minutes as if in a trance, his face white as a ghost. Then going immediately from the chapel to his office, he composed the above prayer to St. Michael. And this is the St. Michael prayer with instructions to be said after all low masses everywhere. I'm going to tell this to my son, Leo. So learn this prayer. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. You know, and and the prayer continues. And I, I remember praying with my football team, we went undefeated. And a prayer that we always pray before every game and celebrating mass together was the St. Michael prayer. And I gave these guys prayer cards. They had it with them during the games. St. Joe's? Yeah, at St. Joe's, Joseph Academy in in St. Augustine. Big, big shout out to all all the brothers back in the day that we were all uh, out on that football field. A great championship year. And it was a year of prayer. And, and a year of protection and battle. And a lot of it was, you know, like the things that they were combating on the football field, but also internally, you know, the fears, et cetera. But deeper than all of that, that we could experience, the power of evil is very real and we need advocacy. And the greatest advocate in this battle, John Paul II himself identified him. And St. Michael is there for us to be with us in this battle. And so when asked what happened to, you know, Pope Leo, uh, he explained that he was about to leave the foot of the altar. He suddenly heard voices, two voices, one kind and gentle, the other guttural and harsh. They seemed to come from near the tabernacle. As he listened, he heard the following conversation. Whoa. The guttural voice, the voice of Satan and his pride boasted to our Lord, I can destroy your church. The gentle voice of the Lord, you can, then go ahead and do so. Ooh, I like that, Jesus. Satan, to do so, I need more time and much power. Our Lord, how much time, how much power? Satan, 75 to 100 years and a greater power over those who will give themselves over to my service. And our Lord, you have the time and you have the power, do with them what you will. Mm. Talk about confidence. You know what that reminds me of? Dikimbe Mutombo. You come in the lane and you try to score on him. <laughs> out of all do- of the things. He does this. He does this right here. He does this right here. He's like, wag. no, 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 no. No, no, no. 75 to 100 years. Now, yeah. now, that, now, that's some consider that an apocryphal story. Mm-hmm. But also, What's apocryphal mean? Like, 
Hey guys, come it's, on. Um, not verified, you know. Okay. At least, at least in the, use, the way I'm using it. What are you it. doing? Legend. legend. Are you? You know, now, it could be. It could be legend. It could be hearsay. It's now, a private revelation. You know? Yes. So private revelation okay. is not held as public revelation. That's okay. Everybody doesn't have to attest to this as an article of faith. Yeah. A lot of the more right. uh, traditionally minded people look sure. at that story. And um, because of that, well, because of that story in the, the prayer of St. Michael that was said after the mass from, he ordered that to be said after every mass. And you know, when he stopped saying that mass or that prayer was stopped saying after mass was 75 years later after Vatican II. So a lot of the anti-Vatican II component or proponents will look at that 75-year period and say, that was the smoke of Satan. He had 75 years, and the culmination was Vatican II. So that story can be sometimes misused. And, and mm -hmm. di yeah, and divisive right. in nature. Mm -hmm. So and, that, and that's precisely, if it's divisive, that's, we know who's behind that. That's right. Mm -hmm. A house divided against itself. Absolutely. It can't stand. And the thing is, is we stand united in Christ, and Christ calls us to be one, not just Catholics, all Christians who profess the name and power of Jesus. And we need to stand united in this battle because it is a battle and it's waged for our souls. And we need to be rooted in our fellowship and in our communion as one in Christ in this battle. And we're like a team. We have and, to be And a Jesus team. is the Mutombo, yeah, baby. Yeah, bro. And you know, <laughs> ain't coming at me, bro. Yeah, and if evil's <sighs> breaking sorry. down That's into great. the lane. Is that a degradation? Jesus no. is just going to... I just like no, basketball. He, no, he... Oh, Jesus dude, contains Mutombo, in him all... Man. That big old finger. Mm -hmm. I think according to Aquinas, God contains in him all perfections of Mutombo. Yeah. So... <laughs> So here, here's uh, one, here's one more example. And so I don't I don't think anyone would ever mistake Pope Benedict as a physically imposing person. No, but and no. especially he likes cats and piano players, and he likes to read a lot. I I was in Rome, and you know they, there was all these different uh, memes Holy that man. were made after him, just like painting him in such a the, nasty the way. Old you know, dog like or something. Yeah, and. <laughs> If you actually would sit there and listen to him, I had an audience with him, and I'm listening to his voice, and he had such a grandfatherly, loving. <laughs> now he's he's my favorite pope. Oh, I ever. love Benedict, and I don't. My my life was completely changed by reading his works. Oh, Benedict, yeah. I think, has done more than any single living person. Uh, to bring me back to the church. Not only one of the greatest theologians of the 20th century, but possibly one of the greatest theologians in the history of the church. Right. And again, though, his his expression. I'm just, I'm just hoping that long live Pope Francis, but if it's soon that they reelect Benedict, because that's so much I like. He's, he's it would be retired, in line man. with the other Benedict who was Pope twice. That's he's Benedict twice. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Father Amworth said that as powerful as Pope John, Pope St. John Paul II was at exorcism, that devils feared Benedict even more. Wow. And he said, he recounted the story that uh, in 2009, in the May of that year, he brought two men, Giovanni and Marco, uh, to St. Peter's Square with him. And uh, as soon as um, the, the Pope got within the square, their teeth started to chatter and they started to shake violently. And the, the, the shaking and the chattering got more violent the closer Pope Benedict got to them. Um, so then when Pope Benedict exited the Pope Mobile, these two... The Pope Mobile. These, just, yeah. these, what a great these, name for it. These two threw themselves to the ground and started smashing their heads against the ground. God bless. And howling. Wow. And then Pope Benedict threw a blessing at them. And Father Amworth said that these men were thrown back 10 feet in the air from the blessing wow. that Benedict gave and immediately began to sob and cry, and they were released of their demons. Praise mm. God. 
Mm, beautiful story. Praise God. And do you guys remember not too long after uh, Pope Francis was elected, there's that video where mm-hmm. people saying, well, did he or did he not perform an exorcism? And the Vatican said, no, he was privately praying. But I, I see in that video and I, 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 I still have questions to whether or not he would, there was some kind of demonic activity in that. Maybe we could link that video up and just get some of the listeners and the yeah, viewers. Yeah, I'll put that video in. Mark's brother's video. Yeah, we, we need to put some of those clips dun, up, too. Dun, 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 dun. Love it, feel it. Come on, come on, come on. Feel it, feel it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, exorcisms, it's a very fascinating <laughs> topic. And I, I think that it to, is. to a lot of people, it's so fascinating because it is, I think to a lot of people, um, there, there's, there's no sign of the supernatural, and mm-hmm. even even people if it's want to know, people want to know, and even if yeah. it's a dark apparition or anything that's supernatural yeah. that pierces the veil, uh, pierces the veil would would still be proof of something beyond this kind of world that they're in, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that's why there's an even attraction to you know, you know, black arts or black magic or even the study of that type mm-hmm. of thing or Gabriel. More the right. on Netflix, mm-hmm. like I mean, it's it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. it's very powerful yeah. and very compelling. But um, yeah, it's human nature. It is. It is to to be curious about these mm-hmm. things, but not be fascinated. And let me just say this: and if you're sitting there thinking, "Oh yeah, great stories coming from Rome, Pope, shooting and laser all beams stuff, out of laser your- beams, you know, <laughs> that is like, shooting, <laughs> shooting people five, ten feet, and you know all these different things." You know, let me let me just offer you a testimony because I saw it with my own eyes. I was down in Haiti with Amor and Axiom, which was a nonprofit in Miami, and we went down to assess some of the damages after a hurricane hit during Lent. Yeah. You know, and, and it kind of ravaged a lot of the properties that that the Archdiocese of Miami was really establishing for education for the kids in uh, in northern Haiti. While we were there, every night, I love this, for 40 days during Lent, people would come from all of the furthest villages to the church, and the church would be packed. And we'd have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, praise and worship, and prayer and adoration. And there were a few people possessed, and there was one in particular that it was just very, very clear. It was this, mm. little, it was this little girl. She was probably about 10, 11 years old, and... A practice like Santoria down there is called zombie. Mm. And there are that's where various, we get the word zombie. zombie. For, yeah. Right. Very various rituals uh, attached to that that are that are very dark. And this girl, foam coming out of her mouth, spinning, you know, on the ground, and the voice and the octave that was coming out of her as we were praying over her. And there was about four priests. Uh, I was a seminarian at the time. There was another transitional deacon from Orlando there. And then it was an entire community praying. It was one of the most fascinating experiences of my life. Oh, this girl? Yeah. And wow. she was she was speaking words in Latin. She was speaking. And this is a girl that's really not right. that educated. Creole. You know, Creole. And, 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 yeah. You know, French at best, you know, like maybe a little bit of English, but not even that. Yeah. You know, it was very, very striking for me in my formation. And it's like, it drives home, this is a real thing. Yeah. And to see the power and authority of Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, to see the authority of Jesus Christ in the presence of the office of the priesthood, Mm. praying prayers of liberation over this girl and watching over a period of time 
her come to a sense of relief, comfort, mm. and consolation in the spirit of God's love for her and to return back, right, from these practices that were leading her in the direction of darkness. As a child. As a child. I mean, you know, they're not willfully... They could be manipulated very easily, but same thing with us, right? We can be very manipulated very easily. And then our hearts fall into these desolate places of darkness sometimes. But there is a presence of light in the church. There is a presence of light in the name of Christ. And that must be commissioned through all of his ministers to go out and to cast out these unclean spirits at work in the world. So, mm-hmm. Father, you know that's right. You know, mm-hmm. to wrap it up, yeah, if, baby. You know, if you want to give everyone listening maybe three tips, if if they've ever suspected they were under demonic attack or mm-hmm. influence or oppression or someone that they know, Friends, yeah. yeah, give maybe give three or so tips that they might want to follow or consider doing. Sure. First and foremost, I already recommended it. The use of sacramentals. The use of sacramentals. Your holy water. You have an authority in the priesthood in virtue of your baptism. Use it. Most powerful form of exorcism. exorcism. You answer it for me. Put it in the comments section below. Confession. The sacrament of reconciliation. Devotion to Our Lady. I don't care what you're going through in heart. I don't care what type of emotional turmoil, what type of oppression, what type of situation you're facing. If you pray all of the mysteries of the rosary... If you pray the joyful, the luminous, the sorrowful, and the glorious mysteries, sitting in one sitting, spend an hour with Our Lady holding her hand in the rosary, I promise you, whatever you're going through, you will experience the fullness of grace. And let me tell you about our mom. Our mom puts her heel on the head of Satan. She is strong and she loves us. So turn to her. She's a very, 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 very powerful advocate. St. Michael the Archangel, learn that prayer. I could tell you another story. I don't even know if we have time, but I was, I was preaching to these, these kids at the maximum security prison in, in West Palm Beach, and these kids had opened themselves to all sorts of darkness. You know, a lot of these kids are in jail for the rest of their life. And I remember this one particular week, we led them in the prayer of Holy Spirit. So I, I said, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit. I want you to, from your heart, to call on the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. So we did, and I prayed over top of them, just calling down the blessing of God, and the Holy Spirit hit all of these kids. It moved them to silence. Every single kid voluntarily came to these, these services. And it was fascinating. The next week, the, one of the kids came up, hey, f- hey, Pastor Rick, they called me Pastor Rick. Hey, Pastor Rick, <laughs> you think we could pray that prayer again, man? And I'm like, yeah, man, let's, let's do it, because that was so powerful. I want to pray that prayer. So we come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. And there were these three kids in the back, and they started transmitting dark, dark, dark energy. And it was freaking out people and the voices that were coming out of them. And my heart just like jumped up, and I just called out with confidence to St. Michael, the archangel. And I prayed that prayer that none of them had ever heard before. Mm -hmm. And I called on it with such enthusiasm and fire and belief, bro, like, St. Michael and this legion of angels just came down and just routed everybody, dude. And everybody moved to silence, even those three kids in the back. And then the the kids in front, they're like, yo, man, did you feel that? (laughs) Yo, Pastor Rick, can you teach me that prayer? (laughs) Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick. I kind of like that. Pastor Rick. I'm going to start introducing you as Pastor Rick. I love it, man. Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick. You know, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, in the link, uh, in the comments, um, in the link of the show, 
through our website, UCatholic, we make available a uh, prayer card for the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer, and I'll put it on there so everyone can uh, download yeah, that excellent. prayer card for free. Excellent. Man, this so, has yeah, been... I think those are those are really good yeah. um, practices that you can employ in your own battle. As a baptized. Yeah. And, you know, it's accessible to you. Realize what is accessible to you in the church. It's there for you. Yeah. You know, that we are in a battle, people. And we need to we need to be in this battle together. Gotta bring the guns. Yeah, we with do. The crew. You know, and, and it was very clear in this experience, private revelation, you know, private revelation, no doubt. But with with Leo, whether he's great or not great or the same yeah. or not, you know He knows. You know, because you're the Catholic nerd. <laughs> but what's evident is the devil is at work very close to the very foundations of our church and the most sacred places yeah. to undermine it and to destroy it. But he will not succeed. Mm-mm. He will not succeed. You know, the cunning attack that he's doing on the church through um, through through the abuse scandal. The scandals. I mean, the scandals and the subversion of the priests through the most innocent and using the most unitive function and, and the, this intermingling darkness of all that is probably, I mean, I mean that is, if there's any doubt that that's not a satanic attack on the church. And um, that's, the, that's, that's why we got to pray that prayer. That's right. We have to. I, uh, and we've got to pray for our priests. We've got to pray for our bishops. We've got to pray for our pope. It's essential, guys. We need to do this because it is a battle. And clearly, manifest evil has been active in the church and the will, oh yeah, yeah, the will of some of our shepherds that were supposed to care for us and teach us. What about those been, popes we were talking about in that other episode? Oh, it's yeah. like, how do you even like? That's evil. I mean, ugh. That's the essence of scandal. Yeah. Right? It ruins people's faith, faith life. Yeah, that's right. It takes it takes the sheep away because you're not a shepherd. Scatters the flock. It does. It Woe does. to you. And we've got to do our work. Yep. We've got to be out there and we've got to show this power that Christ has offered to his church. That's why I'm a priest. That's why you guys are faithful Catholics, raising your families and children, doing what you do. And why we're here preaching this podcast right now. Trying to. We're trying, man. So stick with us. I got Mutombo at center <laughs> on my team. Marky Mark and Donnie Wahlberg in the backcourt. <laughs> hey, hey, did we, <laughs> did we extend bunch. the invite to Donnie Wahlberg? About Bro, the, no, I think we, we wanna, did it to Marky Mark. Yeah, I, I want I Marky Mark and Donnie. Donnie and his wife come in, talk about the PS. Yes, All right, man. so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make this an easy inquisition on you, Padre. Yeah. Ready? No, call me Pastor Rick, man. All right, Pastor Rick, here's the inquisition. <laughs> this is a non-theological and, and honestly... It's a straight-up kind of question. Is it a softball? It's a softball. I like straight-up oh, stuff. Who's going to win in a fight, Donnie or Marky Mark? Ooh, in the movies or in no, real life? No, in real life. Dang, man, I think I got to give it to Donnie, bro. I mean, older brother. But Marky have, Mark's like, yeah. he's, he's big no, and he's swollen, a beast, dude, man. Right? He's yeah. a beast. And no doubt he's had training with all That's these right. action flicks that he's had. So no doubt he's had training. But the older but the brother is, always has. Man, my brother's a monster, dude. My brother is a big kid yeah. and he's 13 years younger than me. I just got to look at him. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I just have to look at him. Mine's smaller than me. And I'm like. I still don't want to try them. I remember when I tried them when I was little and it's like, 
this this it's this like existential fear. Now your little yeah. brother though, like, your little brother. That's he's a, huge. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's I would. Yeah. Oh, brother. case. Yeah. 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 He would. Stop no, I don't want to mess with. He case. would straight stop you out. Yeah. <laughs> See now, I'm saying my brother is probably going to listen to this and he's going to like come at me. All right, so all yeah. you guys listening, if you sissy, all you guys listening, <laughs> feel free to weigh in who you think would win in the fight, Marky Mark or Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. My vote, Donnie. I'm going to say Marky Mark. He's got, he's got, you know, they're both pushing, know. pushing. Well, they're not going to come on the show now because no, I mean, maybe they could fight, fight on yeah. the show. No, man. I talk about rate guys. You're have to move the ping pong table. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool, man. That's fine. Okay. Right. We can move the studio to a ring. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, hey, next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Marky Mark, Daddy <laughs> Wahlberg, <laughs> fight of the century. Of the, century. <laughs> the Catholic Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, I'd be down to do a Catholic fight club. My grandfather was was a fighter in uh, in New York. Had a boxing ring. Jeez, yeah, man. Jeez, I love that. Where have we gone? All Where over the place. All over the place. All over the place for the church, like St. Paul. I love it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you know, everyone, Father, thank you. Uh, you know, oh, for thanks, everything. Man, you know. that's like beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's very powerful yeah. stuff for people to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thanks I just pray, I pray for you guys and, and continue to journey with us in this beautiful podcast and this series, and we'll continue to grow closer together and be united in this effort, in this battle. We need to be there for each other. So pray for us as we pray for you. And may God bless you and your families and keep you safe from all harm in the spirit. Catholic Amen. Talk Show. Thanks a lot. Yeah, make sure you uh, go to catholictalkshow.com. You can subscribe. Um, you can look at all of our past episodes. You can see what's coming up. You can give us feedback. Let us know how we did, um, other things that you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, any of the services out there. Uh, thanks again for listening. This is Pastor Rick, Ryan and Ryan, <laughs> signing off. Peace. Peace. <laughs>